It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast, recorded live at the spacious lineupmedia.fm studios in Edwardsville, Illinois. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref, you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. I am your host, Lance Descott, and of course, as she said, this is The Drop Podcast. In today's episode of The Drop, we're going to be going over the Blues and where they stand in the NHL with stats after the first half of the season. I know this is a little bit past the first half of the season. I believe they played 49 games, so it's a little past, you know, halfway, but uh figured we kind of go over some of the stats, and the stats explain exactly why the Blues are where they're at. They're not one of the best teams. They're not the worst team. They're kind of in the middle there, and that is due to their inconsistencies. We're also going to get into the All-Star game. Did you enjoy it? Do you like the three-on-three format? I'll give you my opinions. You may agree with me. You may not agree with me, but let's get into those, and let's hit the All-Star game first and talk about that. You know, I started watching it, and... um, I actually shut it off after, I don't know, the first half of the first game. When they went to the second part of the first game, I was just so disgusted with it. And uh, here's why. You know, Gary Bettman thinks that he's got this league going in the right direction and where he wants to take it. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think he's marketing this game as if it's a... I don't know, It's as if it's the NFL or the NBA, and it is not. Uh, Until those leagues fall and they lose viewership and lose people buying season tickets and sponsorships coming in and and paying huge money for sponsorships and huge television contracts, the money's not going to be there for the NHL no matter what they do. Can they gain some ground? Yes, they can gain some ground, but it's going to take some really good marketing on the NHL's front office and marketing division. I kept reading stories and one of them I read was from a Toronto newspaper, I believe it was a Toronto sun. And uh, I think they basically agree with what I, you know, feel. I'm not going to say that this is exactly how they feel. So don't go around calling the Toronto sun and say that, you know, that I'm quoting them and that, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to be, to be just like them or, or whatever. Basically, the way that I feel about the All-Star Game is this. The All-Star Game is there to entertain people, yes, but it's also to in, to uh, introduce the game to people that may not watch it throughout the rest of the year or people that are those fringe fans that may go to one game every couple of years because they just can't get into it. So what does the NHL do? Let's take our normal game, which is five on five, And let's cut it into a three-on-three game. It's going to be so exciting. People are just going to love it. As I said in my last podcast, that would be like saying the NFL going to a quarterback, a running back, two receivers, two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a, a linebacker, and two corners. No safety. How well would that go over in the Pro Bowl? It probably wouldn't go over very well. Um, I know the Pro Bowl isn't what 
people like either. A lot of football fans don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but at least they stay to form and they show people what football is all about. You know, there may be some tweaks here and there, but it's basically the same game. Then let's go to baseball. Baseball has all this, you know, this great pastime. It's it's America's great pastime, even though the NFL has overtaken it. But baseball doesn't go to two outfielders, two infielders, a pitcher and a catcher to try to, you know, make this more exciting and bring in fringe fans because they don't have to do that, number one. Number two, it would probably tick a lot of people off. The NBA doesn't do that. As I said before, the NBA doesn't have one center, uh, you know, two guards. And uh, it, it just it doesn't change its format at all. It does not change its format at all, really, for the NBA All-Star game. I will say this about the NHL All-Star game. The events they have around it are pretty neat for the fans. It's it's kind of neat to see the fans get an interaction. If you're in the city where the game is, I, you know, at least go for that because I think it's fun for fans. But by trying to market this game to the fringe fans and to make that more excited, how upset would you be if let's just say you were a guy that had never seen an NHL game, never seen an NHL game. You watch the all-star game just by chance. You know, you're flipping through the channels. You're a big football fan, but you just can't get into hockey. You turn it on and you're, what's this? Three on three. Hey, I, that's, that's, that's different. I didn't think they did that last time. You know, I haven't seen a hockey game and you know, I've never seen a hockey game, but I thought there was more players in the ice. Then you notice a, some of the players are really playing hard. Other players are skating around like it's a la la land and they don't want to be there. I'm not going to name names, but you guys know who you are. It is clear in that first game that the Pacific team wanted to be there. Look at how well, you know, Connor McDavid played. He didn't, I mean, he didn't play at full speed, but trust me, they looked a lot better than the Central Division. They just did. The Central Division players just looked like they were out there to skate around and wave at the fans. I don't see what good that has to do with anything. You're trying to gain fans, show them what the game's about. Have a five-on-five. Yeah, the five-on-five format is not you know, going to be that much more exciting, but at least they get to see the regular NHL game. What you put out there three on three is not the regular NHL game. And you're trying to attract fans. You know, as I said, or you got a fan that looks at this and says, Hey, I might buy tickets to a game. He goes to a game and he's like, uh, what's up with three periods. I thought there were only two 10 minute periods or I thought there were only this. And I thought, what is going on here? Why are all these players? Then you're going to get some people confused. I know some people are going to yell at me and say, well, if you're that stupid, and you know, I kind of understand that argument. But the NHL really needs to market this game differently. Uh, they need to spend their money wisely. I mean, you can. Th- I'm, I'm sure the normal fan out there can probably look at the NHL. And if you know the game, you could probably come up with your own ideas of how to market it with commercials uh, and market players out of, out of, out of their markets. The NHL doesn't do enough of that. Yeah, they market Crosby and they and they market McDavid, you know, Connor McDavid, but they don't market Tarasenko in other cities. 
they market somewhat Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, but they don't market a lot of players in other cities, which I think is a huge mistake. The NFL does it really, really well. The NBA does it really, really well. Baseball does it really, really well. The NHL is not real good at that, and they really need to get better at it. So with that being said, I'm not a fan of the three-on-three. I really hope it's not there next year. I, it's it's just a huge disappointment to see players out there just skating around like they don't care, and other guys out there, you know, really playing like this is a, you know, they may play at 70%, 80%, and they really make another team look bad because the other team's playing at 30%, 40%. And that is what I saw in, in, those, in that game. I didn't watch the rest because I just wasn't interested. And I've been a hockey fan since I was six years old. So, you know, and I'm now 47, 48 years old. How, I mean, I'm the guy that they kind of want to keep there. But I guess they're trying to get this new youthful movement and I just got sick and tired of the papers also talking about, oh, I was at I was at this bar and I seen so and so and his family and and I seen hockey royalty and I seen this person and that person. And, you know, it, it's a great for the fans to do. It is nice for the fans to see the players. But if that's your focus of the all star game, something's wrong. The focus of the all star game should be putting on a good game, a competitive game. Make it mean something. Do what the NFL does. Whoever wins the All-Star game gets home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Do that. Make it interesting. I'm just not a fan of the format. And if you are, hey, I'm glad you enjoy it. If you're not in here with me, I'm glad you feel that way too. You know, we're all allowed our opinions, but that's just my opinion. Now let's go ahead and get to the Blues. What will the Blues do? In the second half of the season, they've been inconsistent. They laid a egg in Minnesota. And I've heard since the game on Thursday that, oh, this is a great Minnesota team. You can't expect to beat them in their building. Well, you know what? If you can't beat the teams that are better than you or compete with the teams that are better than you, then why are you going to even try to make it to the playoffs? Because eventually you're going to play those teams. And you've got to be able to play them, and you you got to be able to, to put up with pressure for more than a period and a half. You've just got to. Um, let's go ahead and go into one reason why I think the Blues are struggling, and there's many. Let's go ahead and look into the plus-minus of the Blues. The Blues have, I believe, four or five players that are on the plus side. Let's go ahead and go through this list, shall we? Carl Gunnarsson, minus eight. Robert Pertuzzo, plus five. Yakupov, minus six. Ryan Reeves, plus two. Jay Bomeister, minus nine. Upshaw, minus seven. Edmondson, minus two. Yashkin, four, is a plus four. Can you believe that? Minus two for Brodziak. Minus five for Laterra. Minus eight for Berglund. Minus two for Pareko. Minus five for our all-star defenseman, Alex Petrangelo. Minus 10 for David Perron. Minus 15 for Robbie Fabry. Minus 2 for Paul Stasny. Minus 11 for Alexander Steen, who is supposed to be our best two-way player and one of the best two-way players in the league. It's not all on him. It's on the rest of these guys, too. Jaden Schwartz, plus 4. 
Kevin Shattenkirk, minus 13. Vladimir Tarasenko, minus 11. You cannot have 70 to 80% of your team be minus in the plus minus and expect to be a competitive team. You know, goaltending has not been good. We've got Carter Hutton with a 2.81 goals against and a save percentage of a whopping 896. Got Jake Allen at a 2.83 goals against and a save percentage of 897. Unless this improves, guys, it doesn't matter what the rest of the league does. The Blues will play themselves out of the playoffs. And that's just the way it is. Can they improve? Yes. Do they have talent, some talented players? Yes, they do. But it's going to take a team effort from the defense to the offense to the goaltending to bring this team back to where it needs to be. If they don't do it soon, then they're going to be so far behind they won't be able to come back and get into the playoffs. This team is a wild card team now and barely a wild card team. I don't know why everybody in the St. Louis media is going around acting like, you know, this team is, yeah, they're not real good, but you know, they're not real great, but they're a good team. They're still one of the top five teams in, in the West. No, they're not. They are not the top five teams in the West. And let's go ahead and go over a few other stats here real quick. Let's look at, um, <clears throat> let's look at top scores. We have Vladimir Tarasenko at 47 points and he's played 49 games. He's 12 points behind Connor McDavid. Hey, Vladimir Tarasenko's working hard. The Blues have no other top players in the top 50 players when it comes to scoring. And you got to have, I would say, at least one more guy in there to do something special for you, and it's not happening at all. Let's go ahead and uh, look at the uh, goals against when it comes to the Blues. Well, guys, guess where the Blues are when it comes to goals against? Yeah, number 27. 3.08. There are only three teams worse than this that goals against. But yet people will tell me, Jake Allen's a top-tier goalie. He's a top-tier goalie. Carter Hutton reminds me so much of uh, Brian Elliott. Come on, guys. Please. Okay? Then we got the goals for. The Blues aren't bad. They're a little bit better than the middle of the road. 2.80 goals a game. Not great, but, you know, they're number 11. But... You can't be number 11 on that when you're not getting enough goals. I mean, come on, guys. You've got to be able to score more goals than you give up. 3.8, 3.08 goals against and a 2.80 goals for, you're not going to do well. You're just not. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the, um, the Blues uh, penalty kill. The boost penalty kill is number eight at 83.2%. Not bad. Not bad, guys. If it wasn't for the penalty kill, this team would really be in trouble. Uh, seven for the power play. So the power play is not bad, 22.2%. So let's look at the positives of this team. The power play right now and the penalty kill. They're in the top 10 in both of those. The rest of the stats when it comes to the rest of the league, they're just not there, guys. And until this team improves and gets better at cutting down on the mistakes, number one, cutting down on the stupid penalties, too many men on the ice. How many times are we going to see that? And what's funny about it, every time we see it, Robbie Fabry serves it. I don't know why. 
I don't know if Ken Hitchcock has looked at him and said, hey, if we get a too many men on the ice penalty, Fabry, you, you are going to be serving it. Too many giveaways in their own in their own end. Um, too many giveaways in the neutral zone. Too many quality scoring chances given up and not enough quality scoring chances for the Blues. Uh, something has to change in the second half. I'm hoping Ken Hitchcock made some adjustments. Some people have said that it's uh, Coach Mike Eo's uh, fault because he brought in this offense and it's confusing the players from Hitchcock's system. I've heard other people say it's Hitchcock's fault because he's too hard on the guys. He's just too negative. Guys, have you seen Mike Eo? Have you seen him when he was with Minnesota? Yelling and ranting and raving at his players in a practice because they didn't play well. Have you seen videos of him doing that? But yet everybody says he's a kinder, gentler coach. He's not. He calls people out just as much as Ken Hitchcock did. Just Ken Hitchcock does it in a different way. Ken Hitchcock does it in more of a smart-ass, matter-of-fact way. Mike Eo does it in more of yelling at the players. So those people that think if Ken Hitchcock was fired and, and left the bench, that this team would all of a sudden become a great team, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just not. Can they work together and make the team better? Yes, they can work together and make the team better. Will it happen? I want it to, but I'm not going to sit here on January 31st and tell you that I have confidence that this team's going to a, make the playoffs, B, go far in the playoffs. And I keep hearing people go, well, we were sold a bag of goods by the Blues. The Blues told them, told us that even though they got rid, they didn't sign Bacchus and they didn't sign uh, Brower, that this team was going to be another Stanley Cup contender. No, the Blues did not say that. It was the fans saying that. The fans that maybe weren't didn't know hockey, thinking that you can lose two players like that and lose size and you're not going to have any issues with it. Thinking you can lose a goalie like Brian Elliott and replace him with Carter Hutton, and you're not going to have any issues with it. Think you're going to bring in an assistant coach that's your next head coach, and there's not going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. Those people that thought that are misinformed. There's always, as I call them, and I don't want to be sexist here, birthing pains when a new coach comes in especially when that new coach is an assistant coach to the head coach that's with the team at the time. I thought it might cause issues, and I think it may be causing some issues. They have two totally different coaching styles, and I'm really hoping that the Blues can put something together and are able to start some kind of push for a playoff run. Because right now, if they keep playing the way they're playing, and look like world beaters in a game or two, and then look like the worst team in the league in the next game, and then lose another game, and then win two, and then all of a sudden, every time they win a game, the fans are, oh, the Blues have turned it around, and then the next game, they lose. You have to be consistent in this in this league. You have to take the opportunities that are given you, and when, the, when another team makes a mistake, the Blues have to take advantage of it. And that's the difference between this year's team and last year's team. They have not taken advantage of the mistakes given to them by other teams, and the other teams have taken advantage of the Blues' mistakes. That's the difference right there. Um, 
I'm not calling any players out, but there are a few players that just don't look like they want to be here. And that's not good for your team. One of those players that may not be here, not saying he doesn't want to be here. I'm not saying that. So don't read into that is Kevin Chattenkirk. What are the blues going to do with him? Trading deadline is not that far away. You know, people think, oh, it's, 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 it's months away. No, it's not guys. The trading deadline is not that far away at all. And I don't know what the blues are going to be doing. I mean, do they look at getting rid of Shattenkirk? Or do they look at keeping him and losing him? Because regardless of what some of you guys out there think, there is no way, no way that Kevin Shattenkirk's going to sign with the Blues. Mm-mm. He wants upper sixes, $7 million to $8 million a year, and his agent is asking for six to eight years. And I know a lot of fans are out there, oh, we got to pay him. We can't lose him. We got to pay him. You know, he's a he's a 26-year-old defenseman, and he's got this, and he's got that. And, you know, how, how often does a scoring defenseman come around? I understand all those things. I would love to keep Kevin Shattenkirk, but at what cost? You can't just look at this year. You can't just look at next year. As a fan, you need to think like a GM does then you'll be much more prepared for trades and disappointments when they don't sign players because you'll know the money situation. Colton Pareko is going to demand a pretty good contract in a couple years. It's going to be probably $6 million, five and a half to six, maybe a little more. Who do you want to keep? Do you want to keep Kevin Shattenkirk? Or do you want to keep Colton Pareko? couple years down the road. And I know a lot of people say, well, there's going to be some other player contracts off, off there. Then yeah, there will be. That's exactly right. But the blues will have to replace those players with other contracts. It comes down to that Pareko or Shattenkirk. Do you want a big physical defenseman who can also shoot the puck and maybe eventually be close to, if not more of a score than Shattenkirk? Or do you want to keep Kevin Shattenkirk and say bye-bye to Pareko? The choice is up to you in your mind. You know, I'm in my mind, I love Kevin Shattenkirk. If we could keep him for six to eight years, he's 26, I believe. That'd be great. We'd have him for the prime of, of, his, of his career. But you've got a big, big defenseman with a harder-than-heck shot in Colton Pareko. It's going to be around for a long time. I choose Pareko, guys. And, uh, you know, you can have your own opinion on that. But I think when you look at it that way, I think most fans would have to say that they choose Colton Pareko. Another thing, don't be expecting a number one pick because I've already heard from fans, oh, the Blues the Blues have to give, the Blues have to get two number ones for Shattenkirk, blah, 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 so on and so forth. I think what the Blues are going to end up getting is a probably a number two draft pick, second round, and probably a player that can play now that has some NHL experience. Somebody that either can't make it, 
you know, on the team's second or third line because they've just got so many talented players and they're one of the top teams in the league. And this guy is going to be a good player, but he just can't seem to, to get in the lineup enough. It's going to be somebody like that or somebody that's a fourth or third line guy that's got potential to be a first or second line guy. That's the kind of guy that the Blues are going to have to take because Doug Armstrong really messed himself up by not trading Kevin Chattenkirk at the trading deadline because teams now know they've got him in a, in a tough position. If he gets a number one pick, I'd be just amazed. If he gets a former number one pick that's just, you know, not playing up to par, I'd be amazed at that. If he gets a top line player, I'd be very amazed. I think what he's going to get is an upper first round, second round pick, you know, like number 28 to the 36 pick in the draft, somewhere in there. And he's going to get a player that, that, that can possibly be a guy that can break the Blues lineup, who's a young guy that can grow into the system. That's what I think he's going to be able to get. You know, do the research yourself. Look at what's available. There's so many things out there. Just people throwing things around. To, he's going to Tampa. He's going to Boston. He's going to Edmonton. He's going to Toronto. He's going to, to Montreal. Well, here's the thing. Every player is going to Montreal. Every time you hear a trade deal, oh, they're going to Montreal. And, you know, the, Toronto's almost the same way. How many players have we heard that are going to Toronto this year? And Edmonton? I don't see that because they couldn't get a deal done last year. What makes what makes them going to get a deal done this year? And Shattenkirk, I don't think, wants to be in Edmonton. Maybe he does now that they're showing some success. Maybe he'll sign there. But it's hard to get a guy to to go somewhere and get a contract done before he moves if he doesn't want to go there. If he's changed his mind and wants to be a part of that team, the younger team, and be a, a part of their defense for a long time and, you know, be the guy to pass them pucks to Connor McDavid and uh, Dry Saddle and all them other guys, then just maybe Edmonton is in the cards. You just don't know. You'd get shocked all the time when it comes to trades. I personally don't think he's going to go to a Canadian team because of the Canadian dollar and what it's going to mean. Um, my personal feeling is the Rangers may try to work out something. It may be Boston. I think those are the top two teams that he might go to. Don't see him go into a Western Conference team. Uh, I, if The Blues would be stupid to do that. But we'll find out. Trading deadline is February 28th. So it's the 31st. As of tomorrow, we got 28 days. 28 days to see what's going to happen. 28 days to see if the Blues are going to make a push and stop making mistakes and rise in the ranks of the Western Conference in the Central Division. Or will they be the team that continues to be inconsistent? I hope that it's the first. I hope that they correct these issues, that they've had uh, some good time off. You know, they got to be with their families, uh, you know, on vacation. They've, they're refreshed. They've got a new focus to come out and make the second half of the season a great season. Because trust me, they have the players to do it. They have some great players. They're just not playing up to par and they're making too many mistakes. Too many mental errors. And that has to stop. It just has to if this team wants to be successful. 
which team is going to show up here in the second half? Well, we get a start tonight when they will take on the, the Winnipeg Jets at home. Uh, hopefully, they can start correcting some of these issues. It's going to be the Jets tonight. It's going to be Thursday, the Toronto Maple Leafs with Austin Matthews. And they're going to be playing uh, Crosby again with Pittsburgh the game after that. And then they've got Philadelphia. And then they've got Ottawa, to who recently beat them 6-4. to four. So they've got some tough games coming up. This isn't going to be easy. They will have to play some of their best hockey to get into the playoffs. This team got hot last year at the right time. Could they get hot again? Let's hope so. If not, we may be having a very interesting offseason. Don't forget to join me for my next drop podcast when we'll be going over the game recap of the Blues versus the Winnipeg Jets, and that one will come out on Wednesday. Until next time, let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or download this episode and past episode on iTunes, ShoutEngine.com, and Stitcher.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com or at theofficialdrop at gmail.com. Until next time, let's go blues! Blues!